This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. They're not concerned. Not only do they not appear that way, but they're actually saying it out loud. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates, which I hope you'll check out. Rangers 3, Penguins 0. And that's not just the score from last night's game in Madison Square Garden. It's also the result of the past three meetings. And as it turns out, the final three meetings, at least in the regular season between these teams. And yet, it's so much worse than that. Because these were now four games in which the Penguins scored a total of four goals, three of them on the power play. And yeah, Igor Shesterkin was outstanding in all of them. A 960 save percentage for this season series. And yeah, you can also distribute all the kudos you want for the Rangers, for the most part, being held to low scores on their end as well, except that When they scored, it came via a painfully familiar route from the Penguins' perspective, and that was mostly on the rush. The first two goals of this game, by who else? Frank Vetrano, then Artemi Panarin, came not on direct rushes, but as the result of rushes into the Pittsburgh zone. We've been talking about that a lot lately. You know what we don't talk nearly as much about? The fact that these Penguins aren't scoring much anymore. Want to hear a really, really depressing statistic? It's a a two-parter. One is that the Penguins are now 10-10-2 in their last 22 games. The equivalent of a quarter of a season. In that span, they are the worst of all of the current playoff qualifiers. And if that keeps up over the 10 games they've got left, that means they'll enter the playoffs as the coldest entry of them all. But wait, I promised multiple layers. The other layer to this is that if you take out that absurd 11-goal game against the Red Wings... In that same span, no one out of the playoff qualifiers, the current playoff qualifiers, the ones that are sitting in playoff positions, has scored less than your favorite team. Yikes, right? This is is some stuff that is not going well. And yet, you can't get a reaction 
out of any of them at the moment. Listen to Chris Letang last night at Madison Square Garden when asked if the Penguins have any cause to be concerned about, you know, a lot of this negative trending of late. I mean, I'm not concerned. Um, I mean, I think tonight was a tight game. Uh, we battled hard. We gave us a chance, give ourselves a chance to to come back. Um, you know, there's a little areas that we have to get better, but overall, I think uh, you know there's not many scoring chances on both sides, and um, their goalie did a good job too um, on on key moments. So, um, not concerned. Uh, we have to keep preparing uh, to enter the playoff and and feel confident with ourselves. That's not an act. That's not a bluff. He's not exactly the type for either. He legitimately is not concerned. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. You know who else isn't concerned, at least not outwardly? Mike Sullivan. Remember when I asked him after the second loss to the Avalanche about his team's defending of late, and he, in turn, got a little bit defensive himself. I don't know what you're alluding to, he began with his response. What I was alluding to was all this. Everything I've just brought up here. The odd man rushes. The lack of scoring. The lack of results. That's all very real. And it's getting dark outside, you know? We're just three weeks away from the games getting drop dead serious. And everyone associated with this franchise is going to be reminded on a regular basis that this would be their fourth consecutive first round exit. That can't happen. That can't happen. Meaning that can't happen without some major consequence. Wonder why Latang and Evgeny Malkin are still unsigned, going into potential unrestricted free agency? I'm not. I'm not. Why, if you're the Penguins, would you be rushing to put pen to paper before you need to see their very best? The goal should be, and I think is, to create an exceptional sense of urgency. That's not there right now. That's not there. You can say what you want about how uh, tough and resilient they've been over the better part of the year. All of that's accurate. But over the last 22 games, they've been just another 500 team. And we're also well past the stage of talking about replacing this player or that player or a trade deadline or whatever. They can't even make moves involving Wilkes-Barre Scranton. That's how tight they are with the salary cap. That's how limited they are in the player movement they're permitted to execute. There's no cavalry coming. There's no strategic change coming. 
And we know that because Sullivan has his system and sticks to it. So what is coming? What's missing? What's going to be done about it? If you've got a team that generates as many shots as the Penguins do and they don't score goals, you know and I know what the solution for that always is. You know, the whole grit thing, go to the front of the net, rebounds, deflections, and everything else. Who's going to do that on this team? Who's going to snap their fingers and all of a sudden be that one who changes the way this team's offense, especially at five-on-five, looks and feels? Who's going to do that? Where is that? Who's going to stop these odd man rushes? Who's going to be the one that leads the way on the back check? Who shows what it's like to be responsible five on five? Remember when all of us, myself included, just cavalierly dismissed Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Simone going to Anaheim? Well, okay, maybe the Penguins did get the better of that deal. Maybe Ricard Raquel is better as one player than those guys are as two. But the fact of the matter is those guys were a big reason the Penguins didn't give up a lot of odd man rushes. They really were. Who's going to do this? How are they going to do this? You know what I think? I think there are a lot of reasons to be dot, dot, dot concerned when we come back. Just one question. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Today's J1Q comes from Mike, who says in the last 17 days, the Penguins have won one game in regulation. Wow, how did I leave that out of the opening segment? I didn't even realize that. They can't score. and They have lackadaisical defending at key moments. Are they actually not a very good team? Are they overachievers due to a great head coach? Or are they underachieving now? Man, Mike, way to bring it. I'm not even sure where to start with this because you brought up a lot of good individual points and such broadly varying extremes to the positions here that might or might not describe this. My reaction, my first reaction to your question is to think of the Penguins as underachieving in the specific area of defending and fronting the puck and all that other stuff. To me, when I look back over the first four months of this season, and that's just about how long the Penguins really ranked as close to elite and in every category across the board. They were up there in goals for, goals against, shots for, shots against, advanced stuff, the goaltending, 
the power play eventually once Gino came around, the PK, everything, everything. And to my eyes, and infinitely more important, to the head coach's eyes, all of this originated from the back, meaning how did you defend? How did you work to get that puck? And then once you did, to ensure that you keep it. How did you do that? Where did it all start? Everyone will look at end outcomes, even of individual sequences within a game, and say, oh, this is what happened. This is what needs to be corrected. That's human nature. You know how when you see the opponent score a goal, the first thing you do, especially if you're watching on TV, is just try to catch the uniform number of whoever happens to be standing nearby and say, that guy again, when in fact that guy might not have had any particular responsibility on that play. You're looking at the end. But what happens when there's an insufficient forecheck? I didn't even bring up the forechecking in this episode, which is virtually non-existent if it isn't Sid's full line, meaning, of course, when Sid's healthy as he wasn't last night. Who else is generating a consistent forecheck? Anybody? Anybody? No. And what's the cause and effect to that? Yeah, the other team breaks out borderline effortlessly. We saw it on both of New York's first two goals. We saw it on two of Colorado's goals the other night as well. How much defending do you not even have to do if you've established a consistent forecheck? That's another component to all this. All of everything that I'm mentioning here has to work in concert. It really does. And when you've seen the Penguins at their very best this season, and oddly enough, that's popped up from time to time, even in this 10-10-2 stretch of mediocrity, and I'm thinking most recently of St. Paul, but also one could argue that first game out in Denver, they're doing that. They're doing a lot of it. But it's not there from game to game. It's not there from shift to shift. Other night against the Avalanche, 20 shots in the first period. A lot of this stuff was clicking, kind of the way I'm describing. The very next period, Penguins were two shots, 15 minutes in. And this is why the concerned thing gets me. Earlier this week on this show, I, I laid out a possibility, a worst-case scenario for this week. What would happen if the Penguins failed this test, the second game against the Avalanche, this game against the Rangers. And when I did that, this is the kind of stuff that I had in mind. It really, really wasn't, I swear, about wins and losses or points. It was about style of play, consistent application of style of play. I could have lived with two losses even by goofy scores, if the Penguins had shown what they did in Denver. They didn't. They didn't. And yeah, 
I'm concerned. I'm concerned for real. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, not just today, all week long. We'll have another one Monday and see if we can all get even further concerned.